Welcome to another episode of the Tasting Bliss Podcast. This is your host, Garn, with another episode. So today I have with me a return guest, uh, Mr. Bikram Deep Singh. In our last episode, we had talked about Ayurveda. We had gone into the different doshas, and uh, you can check that out in the earlier episodes. And today, we're just going to go with the flow. We have some topics and potential topics in mind, but let me just um, introduce Bikram. Bikram, how's it going? Hey, Karn. It's going good. Yeah. Good to be back. And uh, talk, talk about some good things today. Yep, yep, yep. So let's start it off with what are some things you've you know been exploring as as of late that might be you know be a fit for this sort of podcast? Any sort of new books or movies or content you know you've been consuming? Yeah, a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, recently, I've been reading Gabor Mate, mm. and just to tell you a little about a little bit about him, he's a doctor. And you know all that crazy stuff you see on Instagram, where people what crazy are, stuff. <laughs> it's not crazy to me. <laughs> where people will be like, you know, oh, do you have a, a doctor's degree, and you're saying all this stuff? Oh, okay, okay, okay. But he has a doctor's degree, mm. and he's saying all the crazy stuff. So mm. you know. Um, but yeah, all right. Some background, right? Okay. Um, he's mainly de- dealt with addictions, mm-hmm. and he spent like 12 years working in a hospital. Mm-hmm. In the, I think Vancouver East Side. So he's from Canada. Yeah, mm-hmm. in Canada, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so he has a lot of books uh, relating to like childhood trauma, and obviously he has a book on addiction. Mm-hmm. And he spent like twelve years in like an addiction hospital working with uh, addicts. Mm-hmm. So just you know, and I'm while reading his books, I see that he understands like a lot about this stuff. Like on a deeper level, mm. you know, and he articulates it very well too. So, what's controversial exactly? Why are people saying, "Oh, this is crazy stuff"? Or, um, yeah. So, a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, the first book of his I read is called um, "When the Body Says No." Okay. So, uh, Western medicine, they kind of have their own perceptions on disease, mm-hmm. and the main thing that I took away from the book was that. Western medicine says the mind and body are not connected. Okay. But then there's a whole group of science, like doctors and MDs and whatnot mm. in the West who say that the mind and body are connected. Mm-hmm. Meaning, you know, your traumas in life, the mm. way you think about things, your mm. thoughts, they're going to have an effect on your body. Okay. Because the mind and body are connected. Yeah. Very yeah. naturally. Right? And uh-huh. as we know, Eastern cultures, they understand this very well. Mm. Right. But... So that's one of the big contention points where, you know, Western medicine will say, oh, we don't understand the cause of this, this disease. Yeah. But then in that book, he does a great job of exploring what are the co- what are the causes of certain diseases and how they relate to the mental aspect of life. Mm-hmm. So making a, a sort of deeper connection between disease and like mentality and, and trauma and things of the mind. Yep. Versus Western culture saying, oh, no, like, Diseases are either just physical or you have your mental issues and they're kind of two separate things. Exactly. Yep. That's the, the sort of mm-hmm. premise that he's like going against or he has things to kind of prove that. Like what so, is he, what has he experienced that led him to sort of believe these sort of things? So a great thing he does in the book, he he's interviewing terminally ill people mm-hmm. and he's kind of drawing these common patterns of a person who, let's say, so for example, he talks about one type of personality, which mm-hmm. is 
a person who can't say no. Mm. And he's essentially ignoring his own needs mm. because people are asking him to do something and he just, he's not able to say no, mm-hmm. right? So like people-pleasing behavior. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And he correlates that to some disease. Okay. So he'll like, in the inter- interview, I think, I mean, uh, sorry, in the book, he interviews like several people uh-huh. and they all have this common thing uh-huh. and they all have the common disease. I see. Right? So he's see. drawing these connections between mental and disease. Uh-huh. So he's interviewing multiple people that have sort of similar disease hmm. and making this con- connection that they also have similar sort of behavioral patterns. Exactly, and, yeah. And yeah. sort of like mentality. Yep. And then, which is leading him to believe that these things are interconnected. Right, exactly. Right? Yeah. This sort of mentality is leading to some sort of physical sort of expression. Yep. Disease expression. Definitely. Yeah. That is is has gone unnoticed but there's something here that connects these things yep that's it interesting this kind of um for me kind of points back to the eastern spiritual traditions that say that we know we we have these seven different energy centers going through the body and different energy centers can hold different emotions and as those emotions build up within those areas, they can manifest as physical problems. Yep. So this is there in the meditative traditions in the East, but here you have someone who's a doctor in the West that is doing these studies and, and realizing these similar sort of realizations through their interviewing these clients, huh? Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. So if, to kind of go deeper into that, like what else have you read in that book that, you know, what was the book called? Body. When the body says no. When the body says no. Yep. So, any other interesting things that you've kind of re- you know uh, remember from that book? Other interesting examples? Of, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I can share some. Um, there's one story I remember. You know, and this is related to like childhood trauma. Okay. So there's a cancer patient. Yeah. She's terminally ill and she's dying. Uh-huh. Right. And the only thing that's keeping her alive is like an IV. Uh-huh. Right. It's like a needle and. Uh-huh. It's like giving your body all the stuff it needs just to stay alive. Yeah. But she's in pain, mm-hmm. right? And at a deeper level, she wants to die mm. because she's in pain and she's like, I'm kind of just done. Mm-hmm. But so just going back to her childhood real quick, mm. she she faced trauma where, so, you know, when when a parent is like emotionally not resolved, Mm-hmm. They haven't resolved certain emotions within them. Yeah. Kids are very keen on picking up on that. And that's something he explains in the book. Okay. So mm-hmm. now the kid's life is being shaped by the fact that the parent is not emotionally resolved. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what the kid is trying to do, what kids will do, they're going to naturally try to compensate for their parents. Right. Okay. They'll repress themselves. They're mm-hmm. not going to express themselves if it means... It causes stress for their parent. For the parent, yeah. They'll right. like adjust themselves yeah. accordingly to and the parent's needs. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So interesting, this story was uh, she she wouldn't, she had the option to have the doctors remove the IV and uh-huh. let her die, essentially. Yeah. But the one thing she said is, what would my mom do mm-hmm. without me? Mm-hmm. Right? And so, so Mate, mm-hmm. he goes to the mom and he told her, you need to give her permission to die. <laughs> mm, oh my god isn't yeah. that crazy mm. she was so worried about her mom and her approval her, and how she exactly, would yeah. you know feel in regards to her decision she didn't 
she couldn't go ahead and have the ivory removed because she, she just concerned about her mom. Mm. Right? And I I understand it's a no in a way it's a noble thing to be worried about your parents. Yeah. Right. But I do think there are there are boundaries. Which right. is like where where is this rooted in exactly? Exactly. Right. Yeah. Right. If the person was like, oh, like I need this for myself. Yeah. And this is the, the the decision you know that is best suited for my situation. Yeah. Why am I still worried about my mother's approval or my yeah. mother's situation? Definitely. Yeah. Like, is is there some sort of childhood conditioning? Yeah. Right. That is leading me to constantly look to my to my parents or my mother for their approval and their validation. Mm. Because maybe the validation was very conditional. Right. Right. It was like the child had to be a certain way and then they received love. And they, if, they, if they weren't that way, they didn't receive love. Yeah. And now the child is consistently trying to adjust and suppress themselves or yep. kind of formulate themselves to get that validation yeah. continuously throughout their life. Right? Definitely. Yeah. Another big thing he brings up is uh, repression of anger. Mm. And if I remember correctly, he correlates that to asthma. Uh-huh. So kids who repress them repress their anger, uh, they get asthma. Interesting, interesting. But he was making the point that, you know, it's it's healthy to be angry mm. because when a kid is angry, mm. he's telling the parent something. Mm. What he's telling them is my boundaries have been crossed, right? And you know, if the if that situation kind of goes unresolved and the repair doesn't happen, where the parent doesn't know how to like help the child in that situation mm-hmm. it, it's going to germinate mm-hmm. and it's going to it's going to get like stored yeah and it's going to come back later on in life over it and over. builds up over time yeah. that sort of trapped emotions and that suppressed yeah. emotions definitely yeah over time but now even like in our lives yeah when we see kids get angry we always tell the kid hey, don't get, get angry yeah, yeah don't get angry yeah but now what are you doing the kid thinks that anger is a bad thing. Mm. But the reality is he's going to feel anger throughout his whole life. Yeah. And if he goes through his whole life thinking that anger is a bad thing, mm. he's just going to get messed up more and more, right? Yeah, he keeps suppressing it <laughs> yeah. or not going to express it yeah. when that emotion is naturally occurring, yeah. right? Yeah. And it's going to cause issues within them. And yeah. then if you go back to that uh, personality that can't say no, mm. you know, it's because you can't express how you really feel. Yeah. You might tell me to do something yeah and i don't want to you know destroy the peace destroy i want to keep the peace yeah so i'll just give up a part of myself and yeah. just do whatever you're asking so i keep me, suppressing right? my own internal voice yeah. more and more to keep the peace in the same way the person that suppresses their anger in mm-hmm. order to keep the peace or, or is told yeah. that expressing it is a bad thing yeah. yeah but now if you're experiencing emotion and it doesn't get released or expressed, then it's going to get stored. Of course, yeah. Right? Definitely. And then, it, like, it's like, I think there's another book. I haven't read the book, but um, I guess it kind of speaks to that thing of, like, body. the body keeps the score. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, definitely. Which is, like, the, the areas in your body that are connected to those emotions are storing those emotions. Yep. Right? This is why we can feel heartache. You know, mm. we are, we're in the center of our chest, right? Yeah. Where the heart is located. Like, those are the areas where those sort of emotions are being stored. Yeah. And if we keep storing them, right? If we never kind of give them, like like not crying, for example, right? We're like, yeah. oh, that's another thing. We get conditioned, hey, crying is a bad thing. Mm, yeah. You know, like men don't <laughs> cry. You know, you're yeah. not supposed to cry. And you keep suppressing the emotions there. It's different if you don't, you don't feel sad. 
then yeah, you're not going to cry, right? Yeah, yeah. But if you're feeling sad, but you're like, no, I can't express my sadness, or I'm not allowed to feel my sadness, yeah. then the body's going to keep keep storing that, storing yeah, that. And definitely. I think as those things build up, they lead to either emotional outbursts, they yeah. can come out in, in more like stronger forms of anger, yeah. or like, you know, disease building. Mm-hmm. Because... Those areas, it's like that negativity just building in those areas and yeah. it end up causing problems. And I'll tell you from yeah. personal experience that when that happens, yeah. where you're repressing your anger, yeah. you're forcibly not expressing yourself. Yeah. If you tune into your body, mm. you'll feel these things very mm. deeply, right? Yeah. Like expression. Yeah. If I can't, if I feel like I can't speak, mm. like my voice or express myself yeah you'll feel it in your throat yeah you know yeah, yeah. You, like common saying frog in the throat the frog right? in the throat yeah <laughs> like you feel that like that sort yeah, of blockage definitely. you know yeah. that something is kind of not flowing exactly in that area yeah, or yeah. it's something kind of being held back yeah and it's, it's, it's those emotions yeah, right that yeah. is causing that to happen definitely yeah and it's like once you get into that area yeah. of feeling your body yeah you'll feel these things like all throughout your body, mm. like hands, feet, yeah, legs, yeah. arms, like torso, everywhere. As the sensitivity yeah. increases exactly, yeah. of, of those areas that are holding those emotions, yeah. you start feeling the smallest of, the, of things. Definitely. Or when yeah. someone says something to you, yeah. you'll feel that in your body. Yeah. You'll feel that emotion and where it's located. Yeah, yeah. Or when there's positive things happen, right? Yeah. You know, you'll feel that joy in your heart. And I tell you, yeah. like, the greatest bliss I've felt yeah. in my life is yeah. releasing emotions. Mm. Because then you, that energy center is, like, clearing up. Clearing and up. And you feel naturally, like, lighter. Lighter and, and freer. And you feel less encumbered. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Versus suppressing and then, like, you are actually suppressing yourself. And, right. And making yourself, in a way, heavier. Yeah. Right? Yeah, With all, all these emotions. But when you finally start to let them go and you, you know, you allow yourself to feel. Yeah then you start to feel lighter. And sometimes people express that, right? It's like, yeah. oh, I cried it out, and now I feel my heart feels like... Exactly, yeah. You know, <laughs> it's like I'm, I'm done with it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now, if you never allow yourself to cry things out, mm. then, okay, like, if someone is skeptical, ask yourself, then what happens to that emotion? Mm. Yeah. Right? If you don't, if you feel it, but you don't allow yourself to feel it or express it, then what happens to it? Does it just disappear? No. Right, yeah. <laughs> but people know that there's things in their past yeah. that they suppress that shows up again in their mind. Definitely, yeah. right? If it disappeared, then why is it showing up again yeah, in your yeah. mind? Why does it keep bothering you yeah, day to yeah. day? Definitely, yeah. because it hasn't disappeared. Yeah, it hasn't left, it, yeah. and it's showing up again and again in your mind to find expression. But see, to be released. Humans are kind of funny. Yeah, <laughs> like we make up stories. I know I yeah. do it too. Yeah, where yeah. it's like. You're going. You're obviously going through something. Yeah. But you're like, nah, it's not. It's not that big. It's not that big. It's not that yeah, big. Let me keep or it's it. not that. You know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I'll be fine. I'll, you know, I don't need to deal with it. Yeah, yeah. So there's a level of kind of avoidance, hmm. but I think this is what his sort of um, you know, his book is kind of showing is that okay, you can practice avoidance hmm. and say no, I'm not gonna feel it's or it's not that. Let me keep yeah. pushing. Let me keep working. Let me keep distracting my mind. Yeah. But when, with, the, with the stories that he's experienced with the people, he's seeing that's no, like that avoidance ends up leading to something. Exactly, yeah. And that is disease. Definitely. And that yeah. is more psychological problems or physical problems yeah. that he is seeing these sort of people have. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's manifesting as all these sort of, you know, physical ailments and whatnot. Another funny thing is like uh, in some of the interviews. Yeah. 
he'll like ask the person like, "Oh, how was your childhood?" Mm. And they'll be like, "Oh, I had a great childhood." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a term, like an ill person. Yeah, who has like a terminal, like a terminal condition. Yeah, like yeah, it was great. Yeah, but then, you know, he'll probe around and ask questions mm. like, "Oh, tell me about this," or "Tell me about your parents." Yeah, and then one thing that he did, which really stuck out in my mind, was he'll ask that person. Mm. That if you had a child, mm. would you have treated the child in the same way as you were treated? As you were treated, yeah. And then he'll say that the person, they'll really reflect on that. Reflect on and it. And they'll be like, no, yeah. I wish I would never treat a child like that, yeah, you know? Yeah. <laughs> we get the coping yeah. with your own childhood by saying, oh, no, it's fine. Exactly, yeah. And oh, I made it out fine, you know, yeah, I'm okay. Yeah. yeah. But it's like, is it really okay? Or right. are you just kind of saying that to yourself to kind of, you know, to kind of push it you know push yourself into the future and just like you know deal with things or cope with things yeah but know? also keep in mind that you know a child like as adults we think differently yeah and he mentions this because uh-huh. certain parts of our brain are more developed mm. right but a child doesn't have those parts developed no yeah. right mainly the parts that deal with rationality mm. right and being able to like rationalize a situation yeah and resolve yourself right mm. because that's very natural though because parents i mean sorry children, children. depend on their parents for that aspect that in aspect. early life yeah right yeah and then ideally you know they develop those centers and they regulate themselves mm. right but now see if you have a parent who's not resolved emotionally mm. they're not going to be able to help their kid to regulate their emotions mm-hmm. right so and then you have these crazy coping mechanisms mm. that have been going on since childhood that, mm. yeah, I'm, I'm all right, or I'll deal with it, or yeah. this, this, this. Yeah, right? yeah, because you feel like that's what you need to do to kind of keep the peace or, exactly. you know. Uh, but for, for the child, yeah. that's what they needed to do to maintain their relationship with their parents. With the parent. yeah, yeah. Because for a child, yeah. that's the most important thing. Yeah. You being, you having food, uh, yeah. you know, and be with their parents and shelter and everything like that. Yeah, right? trying to be the best child. Exactly. You know, yeah. and, and receive their love and affection. Because yeah. I say as a child, you want that love and affection from your parent, right? You want sure. them to, to love you and to validate you. Yeah. You want that unconditional. Simple. Unconditional, right? Yeah. Because now, if if I'm only like a good boy because I don't speak up mm. and speak how I really feel, then that's not a, I'm not really a good boy. I'm just mm. repressing myself, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but in that moment, it's like, okay, this is what I have to do exactly. to, yeah, yeah. to feel like I am a good boy. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. And then I guess no one ever tells you that, oh, we're doing this and you've been doing this as a child. Yeah. That this is not, you know, exactly healthy behavior or things are right. building up within you, emotional buildup, right? Emotional memories building up within you that let's find a way to release this. Yeah. Right? It's like... Because these aren't prevalent sort of topics, yeah. you know, that are, people are talking about or that there's not a lot of awareness around these things. So Definitely. then you just, you never kind of are able to realize that you just kind of keep moving through life, pushing yeah, yeah. and suppressing until it, things get really bad. And then mm. you try to do something, but then it's many times just dealing with the symptoms right. of yeah. what's happening, not the root cause. Yeah, yeah. I think that's how I feel with like, many of these physical issues that we go through and the medications that we take for them mm. is just really working at the symptom level, mm-hmm. but not really trying to uncover and unfold what is the root cause of this exactly. Yeah. yeah. And what I think what he's showing is that many of these things are 
the root causes are these emotional issues that Definitely. people are going through. Yeah. You know, I think, and then you see that in Eastern sort of spirituality as well, which is as negative emotions build up in energy centers, they are what kind of lead to, you know, yeah. sort of physical ailments and physical problems. But to speak to that, yeah, and he speaks about this in the book too. And there's a chapter called, is there a cancer personality? Mm. And in short, like diseases like cancer, like serious diseases, okay. there's no one reason for that disease happening, right? It's like a, a combination of certain things mm. happening, right? Mm. So you might have to like be emotionally repressed, like heavily. And like be eating bad and like whatever, right? And that'll be the cause of like a serious disease like cancer, right? Mm -hmm. So he was making the point that just because you're like you've repressed your anger, anger your whole life, yeah, doesn't mean you're gonna get terminally ill. Mm. Right? These people they've had like a combination of things combination happen, of yeah. Things. yeah, yeah. So could be like a bad diet is making your sort of system be even weaker. Exactly. Like community. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And now, so whatever trapped emotions that are there are able to have a stronger effect on yeah. your body, right? Yeah. Because there's a sort of collection of things kind of working with each other, right? Leading mm -hmm. to that sort of unhealthy situation, right? Yep. I think what I've noticed is that sometimes even like unhealthy eating patterns and unhealthy sort of, uh, you know, just like kind of lifestyle, mm. often sometimes, oftentimes it stems from emotional issues. That is true. Yeah. Right? It's like, let's say you have some sort of self-worth issue and you like to eat food that gives you a really sort of like dopamine hit yeah. or like kind of gives that like really activates those pleasure centers. Mm. And that's because you don't really feel good about yourself. And so the food, like you know, people talk about, oh, they like kind of, People eat when they're sad. Yeah. You know, they eat chocolate. Yeah. You know, when they're not, when they're kind of down about themselves, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And it's like, why is that? Yeah. It's because that type of food is making you feel better about yourself. Right. Yeah. It's giving, it's kind of activating those similar centers in your body yeah. that are connected to pleasure and maybe self worth. Right. That is helping you kind of cope through that time period in your life. So, it's, but now that, uh -huh. along with your, you know, suppressed emotions and your sort of like self worth issues, is now creating a you know a really kind of fertile ground for a disease to happen, right? right. That's it. Yeah, this might be a good time to talk about mm. the second book of his that, that I'm reading. Uh -huh. It's uh -huh. uh, it's called In the Realm of Hungry Ghosts. Hungry Ghosts. Yeah. Interesting. So it's about addiction. Okay. And it's basically what you just talked about right mm, there. Where, addiction. Okay. Wow. Um, where people are looking to activate those pleasure centers. Yeah. Constantly. Right. Yeah. And that's what things like like heroin they do. Mm. they're activating those centers in the brain mm -hmm. that make you feel loved. Mm. Right? And there's a story, uh, interesting, where he asked a heroin addict, like, uh -huh. the first time you did heroin, yeah. like, what did it feel like? Yeah. And she said, it felt like a warm, soft hug. Oh, right? Yeah. So, and she talked about her childhood, right? And it was like uh, the story, like, where she did not, like, get love from her mom, mm -hmm. right? So she was getting that fulfillment from the heroin, mm -hmm. right? But now it's, like, it's such a destructive habit, yeah. you know? And yeah. once your brain gets wired that way, mm. it's, like, it's not impossible, right, to reverse it. But yeah. you're, like, hooked, you know? Your body gets addicted to that sort yeah. of, you know, it has, a, you know, I guess, like, physical sort of... Yeah things that are happening in your body asking for that sort of substance again yeah 
along with the emotional desire for it because it's not like your your root issue is cleared up. Right. So you continue to feel like not good about yourself. And yeah. Here's something that actually is making you feel loved. Yeah. Right? Like a, like a warm embrace. Then it's yeah. like, I can't, I'm not able to feel that anywhere else. Yeah. yeah. So why not go to there? But yeah. right? keep going to there. And that leads to just a whole yeah. sort of, you know, chaotic situation. But that yeah. really hit me when I read mm. that. Like, it mm. feels like a warm, soft tug. I was yeah. like, oh, shit, man. Yeah, like, yeah. That's deep. That's rough. Because <laughs> I think it speaks to like, and I think it's a comment, we can like commentate on, when we as a society judge people for mm. taking drugs, oh, this person takes drugs, they're such a bad person, yeah. right? Or this person's an addict, right? It's mm. like, there's such a shame culture around that. But then, like, what we're kind of uncovering right now is like, okay, why is it? Yeah. Why do they feel the need to become an addict? For sure. Or what is leading to them, them to addiction or yeah. drugs? Yeah. It's really like, you know, what we've seen here, it's like a lack of love. Yeah. You know, they didn't feel love growing up. So then it's like, those people need our love and compassion, yeah, not our judgment and shame. Yeah, for sure. You know, because in a way, that's just making them feel even more, and even more, you know, like unworthy yeah. or, you know, like hurting the self-esteem even more, making them probably even more dependent on those things that we're, you know, shaming them or judging them for, yeah. right? He, he talks about that in the book too, mm. where it's like, you know, you know, like the war on drugs. Yeah, yeah. Right? And just these addicts, they're constantly targeted, mm. right? They're like treated harshly by police. Mm. And like, you're not really healing people in no. that way by ostracizing them essentially. Yeah, so right? throwing them in jail cells, right? Like, yeah. where is the healing happening? Yeah, yeah right. Definitely. But now he brings up very interesting points in the book. Mm -hmm. He says that he, like, addiction is on all, like, varying levels. Right. Of course, you have your heavy addicts. Yeah. You know, hard drug users. Right. Yeah. But then, in a sense, we're all addicted to something. Yeah. yeah we all have something. Yeah. Right. <laughs> also, yeah, like like food. Yeah. Definitely. Sometimes, like all those things that kind of activate those pleasure centers. Yeah. Can become a form of addiction. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like video games. Right. Yeah. Um, un unhealthy, like you know, like sugary foods. Right. The example he yeah. gave in the book, uh, his personal example. Yeah. Is that he's he loves buying music CDs mm, yeah. and like that would be his thing uh, to get that pleasure center going, just like spending the money, spending the money, having the CD in hand, yeah. But then he'll be like, I have CDs at home, yeah, that yeah. they've been sitting on my shelf for like 10 yeah. 15 years, I've never listened to them, yeah. It was just the thrill of buying it. Mm. I feel I felt the same way, yeah. Like I have my stuff that I buy, and I'm just we like, all do, it's like, fuck yeah, I'm just gonna get this, yeah. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And I think we all have those things, especially when I like, remember sometimes like going through like something like emotionally challenging or like feeling not too good. I'm like, you know what? I need some Taco Bell right now. Yeah. <laughs> you know? That's going to make me feel yeah. good, right? I got to take a good shit right yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> the Taco Bell's going to lead you there, huh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> really let it out. <laughs> but no, because it's like, I don't know what it was. You know, it's like the Taco Bell is like, you know, you know, it's going to feel good eating it. Yeah. yeah you know, definitely. you're going to feel good in that moment. And it's yeah. just like, in this moment, I just need to feel better. Yeah, yeah. And let me just get some nice, good food. Definitely, bro. And just help me get me out of that state, yeah. right? And but yeah, like people that love going on shopping sprees, right? Yeah. It's not, sometimes you don't need the you don't need the clothing. Yeah, definitely. You don't need that. But <laughs> there's a certain pleasure that you get out of just shopping and buying things and getting gifts or whatever. Yeah. And I think it all is all these things are really 
talking about that same sort of, I guess, mechanism yeah. of like making yourself feel better or giving yourself that dopamine hit. Definitely. Right? And we might judge someone else because theirs is a bit more extreme or has a, a bit, been a bit more ostracized by, by society. Yeah. But these other sort of, you know, uh, yeah. aspects of it or other ways that we do that are also in the in the same category. At, right? at a deeper level, mm. we're dealing with the same issues. Yeah, we're dealing the with the root cause. Yeah, right? Yeah. It's just at a, how how damaged are you you know <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah like how much emotional trauma definitely are you really holding on to where yeah. you need stronger things to definitely. manage it yeah maybe shopping is, is, isn't doing it for you yeah. you really don't feel good about yourself so you need something stronger yeah right i think yeah. the point is we're looking towards the external mm-hmm. for internal validation mm-hmm. but it, it'll never work yeah you know because yeah. you you have to look to the internal yeah. for your internal validation that's the root right yeah. Yeah. the external stuff is only going to make you feel good for a certain period of time yeah, yeah. it's not going to heal you definitely yeah right it's not going to change the relationship that you have with yourself yeah or clear those you know traumas and and conditioning that you've picked up yeah it'll help you feel better in that moment and sometimes hey like understandably we use it Right. right, because yeah. sometimes you don't know better, or you're maybe you are working on healing yourself, but you're not there yet, and you just need to feel better at this moment. Right, yeah. it's totally understandable. No, right. no judgment. You know yep. what I mean? But it's, I guess, it's asking yourself, like, is this really, like, kind of going to help me transform or really kind of heal the situation yeah. where I can get out of the cycle of, right. of addiction? Yeah, and it could be the smaller level of addiction of these, you know, normal things that we think, oh, no, this is fine. Everybody does this. Yeah. Or these bigger levels of, of right. addiction, right? Yeah. He kind of touches on that, what you said right there, mm-hmm. right? Like how to how to get to a point of stopping okay. and reversing it, right? Okay. And yeah. what I found interesting, he talks about the brain. Okay. And he says that the lower brain centers are kind of responsible for creating that desire to do something, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Whether it be like doing the hard drug mm-hmm. or going on a shopping spree. Okay. But then the other part of the brain, the prefrontal cortex, yeah. like in the front where your third eye is. Yeah. That part is responsible for the inhibition mm. or, or like telling the mind that, okay, maybe I shouldn't do this. Mm. It basically says like um, in addicts, the part that creates the desire is very strong. Mm. But the inhibition part is very weak. It's weak. Interesting. So they'll have the desire. And we feel this too in our lives. Yeah. You have the desire and you're like, yeah. I have to do this. Yeah. I, it can't be any other way. Yeah. I can't stop myself right now, no yeah. matter what. Yeah. Right? So you're so, not able to inhibit it while other exactly. people are able to do that strong in, yeah. in a stronger way. Yep. Interesting. Was he able to find any sort of correlation as to like why some people have that more or less or... Or is this conditioning over time? I think it, it was there was there is an answer for that question. Mm-hmm. I don't know the ex, I don't remember the exact yeah, answer, but yeah. it's related to childhood development. I see how the brain develops as a child. Yeah, right? yeah like yeah. did your parents teach you to practice, inhibit your, you practice yeah, it? Right, in, inhibition. If they did, yeah. that part of the brain will develop was, healthier. You know? I guess it's a similar thing like how we if we don't use muscles, certain muscles they get weaker. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So if you don't use a certain part of your brain. Or you're not taught that, right? Yeah, it's gonna get weaker. Or right. if your trauma is so strong that you continue, you know, that you are, you do continue to listen to it or follow it, and you never really stop yourself, then you're not gonna use that part of your brain, right? That's, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like it might also be connected to like an, an ancestry as well, right? Mm. 
if there's been certain issues in your family lineage, yeah. that maybe certain behaviors have been there, and that part of the brain has been getting weaker, I feel like maybe those things can carry on. I don't know, but I'm saying... I think there is some truth to that. Mm. Like, if you read, like, Vedanta-type stuff, yeah, they'll say that, you know, when a, a child is born, yeah, like, how is their life influenced? Mm. And I think it was, like, I can't remember the exact percents, but, like, yeah. 25% is, like, God. Mm. Your previous God. Previous incarnation. And they're, they're coming into this life yeah. and affecting you in a certain way. Yeah. Um, but I think the more powerful factor uh, is like a child and how they're affected by their environment. Yeah. Because uh, children are essentially products of their environment. Yeah. They're yeah. going to become completely, yeah, completely like yeah. what, what their environment is, right? Yeah, yeah. It's just a very natural thing yeah. that happens, right? I feel like your karma might set you up for a certain environment. Mm, yeah. And then, then that environment really kind of, yeah. you know, colors you in that sort yeah. of color. And right? Ayurvedically, yeah. Everybody's body is different. Mm. Everybody has a different combination of elements. Yeah. So, of course, that's going to affect you mm. in certain ways, mentally and physically. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Depending on how your sort of nature is or like what you've picked up from your past. Exactly. And, and yeah. yeah. Sort of nature, right? Mm-hmm. That you are coming into this sort of family or societal situation. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 Interesting. So, does he, does he talk about on ways that... How does he help people like through this, or what it has is that being talked about at all? Like how some of these yeah. people are healing from this? Yeah, okay. definitely. Well, I don't think he gives examples of people healing. Okay, but uh, in that first book, when the body says no, there's a chapter at the end, which mm. is the seven A's of healing. Mm. I don't remember all of them. But, mm. um, <laughs> yeah, uh, but it's there okay. in the book, and it's like acceptance, uh, like just accepting your life situation. Okay. And, it's a bunch of stuff gotcha, that gotcha, I don't gotcha. remember, <laughs> but it's it's also I guess at a, a level of like uh, changing your perspective on yep. on those emotions or yep. accepting those emotions and definitely and I guess working through them yeah yeah uh, mm-hmm. one thing correlated to what you just said yeah he has a chapter in the book called the power of negative thinking mm. so you know how people always say oh like think positive yeah you know and but. He actually says, think about the negative. Think mm. about if I keep up this habit, mm. what is my life going to be like in I a see. year, five, ten years? I see. Right? Interesting. Mm-hmm. And then he says, like, contemplate that. Mm. And that that's, like, kind of inspiration for you to, like, fix yourself. Right? Or make it right. Or, you know. So, you like, you visualize the future of, like, if I continue on this road, where yeah. does it take me? Yeah. And then, like, is the heaviness of that... Of that truth of like, okay, uh, this is where I'm going to end up. Yeah. Like, do I really want to end up there? Exactly. Yeah. Right. Interesting. Yeah. So, which can kind of make, I guess, it more stronger for you and more viscerally negative for you, mm. this small habit that you're doing now. Right. Yeah. Because so I think that's, that's what it is when we do these like small habits, mm. right? Or um, in maybe, you know, coping in, in whatever way in this moment, it doesn't feel that bad. Right. Well, it's just like, this is fine. I can do it right now. Yeah. It's like, yeah. like yeah. you know, like tomorrow I'll, I'll change or I'll yeah. be fine, you know? Yeah. But but if you focus on, okay, no, if I do continue doing this mm. and I feel like the heaviness of that sort of end result is much more stronger on yeah. your sort of mind, mm. which is like, ah, oh, nah, like let, let me not yeah. manifest that reality for myself. Definitely. And then I think you make it that sort of a connection. Yeah. So this present thing that you're doing becomes connected to that future 
reality and then maybe the heaviness of it sort of carries on it's like yeah, shit yeah. no like i saw where this is taking me let yeah, me not yeah, do yeah. this right? definitely yeah. yeah i think that's one part of it mm. i think another <clears throat> at least personally right another yeah. one part that's been important is a uh, this inquiry like mm. self-inquiry mm-hmm. right like common example i think yeah most of the people on the world deal with this just yeah. scrolling through instagram yeah. or social media and just yeah I think you just want to pose a question to yourself. Mm. Like, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? Why do I have this unconscious thing where I just open my phone and I know exactly where to go to get on the app and scroll through? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like, why Why am I doing this, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And trust me, I don't... It's not an easy answer to get to. No. no. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it requires a lot of, like, contemplation. Especially if you're not being honest with yourself. Exactly, yeah. You yeah. know, if you're, like, hoping and saying, yeah. no, it's fine. No. Yeah, yeah. And you don't want to ask yourself that question. Yeah, Then definitely. it becomes very hard. Yeah. But I think, I think that is a good sort of foundational step, though. Mm. Look at what you're doing, and especially the things that maybe you know, don't fall in the healthy sort of category. Yeah. And or is a, there's a sort of cycle that you're in. Ask yourself why. Yeah. And where's it stemming from? Hmm. Is it something deeper that's, you know? And I can think it could set you on a road of like sort of self-discovery to maybe sort of inquire and it might lead you to some of these deeper rooted sort of emotional issues that are, you know, leading to these sort of behaviors in the present moment. Yeah. For me, the the way that I help clients through healing and stuff is like thinking about, okay, if, if sort of negative conditioning and suppression and um, sort of like not f- feeling loved and accepted is what the child went through or what we've been through to kind of put us in this negative emotional state. If we kind of revisit those aspects of ourselves or spend time with that inner child and give them that love and acceptance that they've wanted, that sort of unconditional acceptance and and not to kind of have it, you know, be conditional as we've kind of experienced it, and and give those that love and those positive emotions to ourselves, then we can start to internally validate ourselves, yeah. and and feel like no, I am worthy, hmm. and right, and because I think it's that feeling of not feeling worthy, right. and those sort of latent or, or like those background sort of conditionings that make you feel not good about yourself that are right. you know causing you to do these things. Yeah. So if we can work on re sort of conditioning our own mind yeah. through love and through you know that sort of acceptance and. And being there with ourselves, yeah. sometimes it could be just be giving yourself a hug. Yeah. In, in those moments where you're not feeling good and saying, hey, no, I love you regardless, yeah. no matter what anyone else is saying. Right. I feel like for me and, and my experiences, that is something that's, that is, helps people heal and, and see themselves in a different light, yeah. in a different perspective. And and be able to give themselves that, that self-love that maybe they didn't receive from their parents growing up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I can share an example mm-hmm. from my life. Yeah, yeah, right. And it's right along the lines of what you're saying, mm-hmm. right? And for me, it's it's been like, like you know, flip through your memories of mm. being a child. Yeah. Like try to find those moments mm. where you like got damaged, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then what you can like do like a visualization thing, mm. like put your adult self in that situation, yeah, and just yeah. console that child. Yeah, 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 and yeah. yeah. I think that works mm. great if yeah. you can find those right memories mm. and be with that child, mm. right? Mm-hmm. And you'll see, man, like emotions come out. Yeah, they yeah. come, emotions yeah. come out. Yeah. But you also see that a lot of what we do today, yeah. a lot of our habits, a lot of our addictions, and yeah. whatever, right? Yeah. 
they stem from this broken child inside mm. of us, right? Yeah, yeah. And you see that, and you're like, shit. Shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's heavy. It's you know? Heavy. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. you'll start to look at other people. You'll mm. see the way they act in certain situations. You'll see the broken child within and them. you see the broken child within them. Yeah. And you're just like, shit. <laughs> yeah, and then leads you into compassion, naturally. It does, yeah. Definitely. You know, it's like, oh, yeah. like, now I see why yeah. you are the way that you are. Yeah. Because I, I, I saw within myself mm. why I am the yeah. way that I am. And, you know common example or for me at least right personally yeah you know our our parents mm. in a way they broke us mm. they they damaged the child mm. right because they were they themselves were not fulfilled in their childhood mm. and they just perpetuated the cycle yeah right yeah yeah but you know when you see that broken child even within your parents you know you feel for them right yeah. But when you recognize, when you start like looking at that broken child inside you, mm. you'll feel a certain negative emotion towards the people that broke you. Yeah, it's like, why right. did they do this? Exactly. Why right. did they not love me or yeah. accept me? Or, or you did this to me. Or you did this right. to me. So there's natural movement yeah. towards blame. Right. To start right. feeling yeah. that that's hurt, you know, feelings of the child. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. yeah. But now, see, feeling that negative emotion yeah. towards somebody. Mm. It's like an impediment to your own healing. Yeah, completely. Right. Completely. And when you when you dig deeper inside yourself mm. and you can feel that compassion for somebody else. That, yeah. yeah, they're broken too. Yeah. That's why they broke me. Exactly. Right? <laughs> yeah. So that they, kind of negative those negative emotions just mm. like fizzle away. Yeah. And you yeah. can just go on your way, you know. So this is acceptance. Acceptance. Hey, yeah. you know, I went through the same things that they went through. Exactly. Yeah. You yeah. know, so we're both really in the same boat. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it's like because it, it doesn't help. It yeah. doesn't, you can you can be negative, you can blame, but yeah. that'll probably just make things worse for you. Exactly. Because that's going to ruin your relationships even more. Yeah, or, yeah. And you're not taking accountability. Exactly. Right? Yeah. It's like, okay, this is the reality. This was what I was born in. Mm. And, you know, we can look into the spiritual aspect of it. Hey, my maybe my past karmas led me to this, or this yeah. is what I needed to, in order for my you know soul to develop. And, yeah. and that's fine. We're just taking that accountability. And saying, no, I'm not going to blame anyone because that doesn't serve anyone. Right. Right. And what actually serves us is for me to also be compassionate to their inner child mm. and what they went through. And it's it's not that different from what I'm going through. And yeah. they, they didn't know better. Right. Right. No one taught them. And someone, hey, at least someone is teaching you. So let's be grateful. Yeah. Right. Let's be grateful that someone is teaching you or yeah. this is showing up in your life. Right. For you to apply and learn and maybe kind of end that cycle. Mm. Right, so we don't end up doing that same thing with our children, yeah. And so that sort of carrying on of emotional memory and sort of like conditioning from parent to child, parent to child for who knows yeah. how many, you know, yeah, 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 you know, generations can finally uh, yeah. end. And it's funny, like yeah. I've had similar thoughts mm. where I'm looking at my own inner child, all damaged and stuff, <clears> right? <throat> and I feel a natural obligation that if I ever happen upon a kid, yeah, like. I got to do right for this kid, mm -hmm. you know, like, yeah. I can't, if I'm going to have a kid in my life, yeah. I can't have this kid be broken like I was broken. Yeah. But yeah. so what's the caveat there? Yeah. Is that you have to heal yourself mm -hmm. before you raise healthy kids. Yeah. That's the reality. That's the reality. But that's yeah. like a difficult thing. Yeah. yeah it's yeah, like yeah, not yeah. straightforward, you know? <laughs> because if not, you're just going to act out of those sort of un subconscious behaviors exactly, that right. you, yeah. you know, experienced and like, oh no, you know, I'm not saying it because 
when we're not healed, emotions take over. Yeah. Even in moments we don't want them to. Right. Right. You might be like, no, I don't want to be like this with my child. Yeah. But it's like, shit, like I am acting like how maybe my father was yeah. acting with me. Yeah, exactly. I can't help it. Yeah. See, yeah. not just that, mm. but Mate, he talks about this in his book. Mm. Kids are very keen on picking up on signals. Mm. So you might not, you might do your best to not show, show your it. anger or whatever, uh-huh, right? Uh-huh. But the kids they just have naturally built cues yeah like one that he very gave sensitive. yeah very sensitive yeah. right one that he gave is that a child is affected by looking at his the dilation of his mom's pupils wow is that deep that's crazy yeah, right? is that deep? It's you know like a- it's like so if the mom's pupils are like widening <clears throat> the child picks up on that and he he feels a certain sense of love yeah because the pupils are a sign of his mom uh, of the mom feeling love for the child wow Right, and and I think it's also, and obviously you know, listen, the child is that sort of keen and able to pick those things up. I also feel like emotionally, because that's like the sort of physical manifestation mm-hmm. of of an emotion, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like kids are also more emotionally sensitive, so they feel right. They feel that sort of love, mm, yeah, energetically, yeah, yeah. right. Or they feel that frustration as like something's off, right? Yeah, 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 definitely. You know, so you might not be expressing it, but if you're feeling that anger, yeah, it's like their energy sort of, you know, situation is going to feel that or pick that up yeah, yeah. and be affected and maybe sort of, you know, like adjust themselves accordingly. Yeah. So it's like, which is a huge level of responsibility. Yeah, for sure. On the person of like, yeah. hey, to what level are you taking care of your emotional situation? Yeah. If you really want to... Um, not sort of, you know, carry this on to your children. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny though, like in the in the modern world, right? Yeah. We'll kind of just look at kids and be like, oh, it's just a dumb kid. Yeah. Like, you, you know, what, what is he thinking? Yeah, what do they know? Yeah, what they do they don't know, know anything. Right? They haven't seen life yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they know, they know so much, man. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're like sponges. They're just taking in like taking everything. In everything, right? everything. Yeah, yeah. So even like at a more subtle level, Beyond the physical, like mm-hmm. energetically, yeah, the kids are just more receptive to like energies, right? yeah, and they will just pick up on things, yeah, you know. And they're also such a blank slate, right? Because they yeah. really haven't maybe they haven't really formulated their identity, right? Right? They're still trying to understand the world and who they are within the world, yeah. And so they're they're really formulating who they are mm. depending on what you provide them, right? Yeah. Definitely. Right when yeah. you give them love or when you don't give them love is is kind of making them feel a certain way about themselves. It's yeah. like, oh, this is how I need to be, or this is like who I am, right? I'm maybe not deserving of love, yeah, right? Mm. Or maybe I am deserving of love if I act like this. Right. Or so, okay, so this is who I have to be. Yeah, and guess yeah. what? That forms identity. Exactly. Yeah. You know? yeah. Definitely. So it's there's such a such a sort of like clean slate of potentiality mm. that we have to be careful. Yeah. Of what emotion. And sometimes I, th- I also feel like, I think we also have to be careful of like too much sort of control. Like I need to, you know, like, because yeah. I think there's going to be some things that you're not going to be able to control. Of course. Yeah. Like that's just the reality. Yeah. Because maybe, you know, their own sort of karmic situation is like to play out in certain ways. Because yeah. sometimes I think I've heard of like, like, um, like a, even a child in their early stages where, like, let's say the mom had to be in the hospital for, like, an extended amount of time mm-hmm. can end up having some sort of emotional effect. On exactly. Yeah, definitely, you know? Yeah. And it's like, hey, that's not, like, you can't yeah. control that. But see, now, the kid, he's, the kid can't rationalize that. Yeah. Because that part of himself hasn't developed where he yeah. can say, 
oh, my mom was sick. That's yeah. why she left me. Yeah. You know, the kid will just feel abandoned. Just like, feel oh, abandoned. Yeah. my parents just left me, yeah. you know? <laughs> and I think, but I feel like those things are maybe, you know, things that maybe we're not going to be able to be in control of. Exactly. And also, because I feel like even sort of um, struggle and sort of, you know, the challenges that we are experiencing play a role and maybe our development mm. maybe like karmically or just in terms of at a higher sort of soul plan yeah we're meant to experience certain things sure and like god will or you know life will make those things happen yeah no matter how hard you try to control it yeah because you're meant to experience that yeah and learn from that yeah right so i feel like there's this balancing of like hey do your best but also kind of accept you know the will of, will of, the, of the of the divine yeah. when you're not able to. Do, yeah. You don't do anything. Well, about see, it. at a deeper level, yeah, this whole like human life or life in general, yeah, it's just God having fun. Yeah. So just, this is like a story that God is making. Yeah. And it's just it's he's just letting it play out, right? Yeah. It's <laughs> experiencing through you know all these different characters and, yeah. and identities, but and it's all for the sake of experience and and lessons and and. You know, like experiencing these different colors of life. Yeah. So it's it's really it's you know anything really good or bad. It's just like hey, it's just experience, right? Yeah. And that one sort of continuous force is experiencing all of it. Yeah. But I feel like it is at the same time when we are intentional about what we're bringing into this world, mm. it helps everyone. Yeah. And it makes for a better experience. Better story. You know, more blissful. Experience. A more blissful, <laughs> more loving experience. <laughs> Right, and so why not aim for more blissful loving experience? Mm-hmm. And hey, you could choose to, you know, continue in a certain thing, but it's like, but if you can choose to, yeah, be more loving, be more healed, and then pass that on to your children, at, at least to the best that you can, then yeah, why not? Definitely, yeah. and it, it would lead to a more healed and more sort of blissful planet, yeah, right? Yeah. So, and you know, I think. I don't think it's practical to be like a fully healed individual yeah. by the time you're a parent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not like a. a and that's another thing. thing. It's like, yeah. are you never going to have a child? Then because like, I'm not yeah. fully healed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah. but see now, here's the thing. Yeah, you know, obviously you're not fully healed. Some of that garbage is going to get onto your kid, yeah. but that doesn't mean you can't be aware of that damage and help mm. your kid. Like. As you're kind healed. of right, yeah, going through that, and, right, and or or apologizing. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes that's the thing. Parents they. They, they don't show vulnerability to their right. children. Yeah, they don't yeah, say, yeah. "Hey, look, I am struggling yeah. with this, and I apologize yeah. for being like this." Hmm. Right? Because I feel like when we communicate, even when we're not sort of perfect, and we're you know, like it's not gonna be perfect, but when we communicate, when we're honest, that helps the relationship. Hmm. Yeah. Because then, then the child can then step into compassion That's and true. understanding of what yeah. your situation is, and you work through those things together. Definitely. Yeah. Versus like, oh no, I have to be perfect or I can't let my child know anything. But then yeah. as the child doesn't understand why my parent is being such a you know asshole yeah, yeah. with them or why they're they're not understanding me or why they're releasing all their frustrations on me. Right. Right? Because you're not communicating with yeah. them, right? Or yeah. like you, you're, you're showing that no, everything is, you know, like you've got it all down, but you really don't. Right. Right? Yeah. So it's very... So I feel like it's it helps to... Understand that, hey, yeah, like, let me do my best to, you know, work on myself or, or heal, but I might not be fully healed and that's okay. Yeah. And the best thing to do afterwards is just be honest. Right. And, and, and sort of vulnerable. Yeah. 
you know, with a child. I think to some extent, yeah. it's like a learn as you go type thing. Also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's just, when you have a kid, yeah, you're not going to be able to plan for everything. Yeah. There's going to be unexpected things that happen. Right? Exactly. Yeah. There's going to be emotions that come up inside of you. Yeah. The kid's going to test your patience. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So that's, that's, and that's life, right? And yeah. sometimes you may not be able to be vulnerable or you may not be able to, and even then, it's like, hey, just be accepting towards yourself. Yeah. yeah of definitely. like, hey, I'm working through this. We're all working through this. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we, just in the way that we can be patient with the child and we can mm. be patient with each other, you know, we, we had, we also, it's good to be patient with ourselves. And For say, sure. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm doing my best. Yeah. So yeah, not to put any sort of, you know, extreme pressure on anyone. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, it's just about bringing these topics to, you know, to surface or, having these conversations so we can be a, a bit more intentional. Exactly, yeah. Right? And and maybe utilize this to have healthier relationships yeah. and healthier sort of situations and and that and in the long run lead yeah. to sort of healthier, you know, life for yeah. all of us. Yeah. But even what you say, like, you know, I'm trying my best, right? Yeah. It's good to not use that as an excuse. Mm. I think there is a certain level of understanding mm. where you can raise a kid very well yeah if you understand certain things mm. about like childhood and like how the mind and body works mm. right mm-hmm. so i think that's the due diligence where mm. do all that groundwork right yeah and then some of the stuff you won't be able to figure out yeah i think until you have that experience of having a kid yeah until right? you have that experience yeah. yeah for sure for sure for sure so anything else from the books you know that you might want to mention something that you found interesting that the audience might you know get some some benefit out of so the second book the addiction book uh, what else does it go into in terms of yeah I'm trying to think mm-hmm. if there are any other stories that come up mm-hmm. um mm. yeah, if there's nothing you know just yeah <laughs> nothing's come. I mean I can I can say stories but they're yeah. like they're kind of fucked up. Yeah? Yeah. But like, hey, no, that's... Maybe you, it'll... You sure? <laughs> <laughs> is it that bad? Uh, in my view... Maybe it'll, but it'll give people a sort of uh, example of like how we all like bad these things can get. Okay. Yeah. I guess, there's one that. in hey, my mind. Hey, right audience, now. you know, trigger or whatever warning. Yeah. <laughs> warning. <laughs> warning. R- Red alert. <laughs> you might want to skip the next um, three okay. minutes or so. Yeah. So there's this one girl... Mm-hmm. who's like an addict, he's telling her story, right? Okay. It's funny, he was like, the girl told Matt, Mate mm. that like, you know, like my story's pretty messed up. Mm. You probably haven't heard anything like this. Mm. And he told her, like, I've been doing this for like 10 years. Like, mm. I've pretty much heard it all. Mm. But then in the book he writes, like, when I heard her story, I yeah. was like, I had not heard it all. <laughs> yeah, 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 it was like yeah, that yeah. bad, but... Basically, her that girl's mom was like a drug addict. Mm. She had her as a as a child, mm. but then she couldn't take care of the child, and okay. she went to the grandmother. Mm. Right. Fast forward, the girl is a teenager, mm-hmm. and she tells her grandma, "Like, I want to go look for my mom mm. and like connect back with her." Right. Yeah. She has like four or five hundred dollars in her pocket. Yeah. She comes to that area of Vancouver. Uh-huh. The I think it's a. The downtown east side. Okay. I can't remember the exact name, but she finds her mom in like an addict's hotel mm. where like addicts stay and stuff. And right when she sees her mom, 
her mom like injects her with like heroin. Her mom injects her with heroin. Yeah. Right when she sees her. Because her mom's addicted, right? Uh. And right when she sees her, uh, it's like she wasn't even her daughter. She just injects her with heroin. No, just randomly? Just sees her? And just, yeah, uh, because she wants her to fall in the cycle. She uh, takes her money uh, and then sells the girl to some dude. Damn. Just think uh, about that, bro. Yeah. You're like 14, 15 years old. So she was 14, 15 when she went? Yeah. I can't remember the exact age, but it was like, it was like teenager. Mm. And you find her mom all mm. excited and it's like, shit. Mm-hmm. And... This came up in my mind, and he says this in the book as well. It's mm. like, when you go through something like that, mm. it's like, how do you not get traumatized? You, of course. Of it's course. like, yeah, yeah. man. And now this, uh, she was like 35 when uh-huh. she was telling that story. Damn. Yeah. And she's just like, damn, man. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's rough. <laughs> that's so rough. That's so rough. Like, her mom was so addicted into that zone mm. where she couldn't even, like, stop herself from messing up her daughter like that. Damn. She was just wanted to. She sold her daughter just for like to keep getting high and buying drugs. Mm. Like that's a. <laughs> that's so rough. Like yeah, it, it hurts you. The question is like, how do you come back from that? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like, what do you have to do to like recover to, from to all reconcile that? that? You yeah. know, that's like shit, man. And so, and what did that? Does he say in the book what that led her to? Or like what she was experiencing because of that? It was mainly she was now just like addicted, mm. like hardcore, addicted. hardcore addicted, yeah, yeah, yeah. like yeah. always looking for a hit, you uh-huh. know. And so he and so the the author Gabriel he was working with her to kind of get over that addiction. Then, he, I think so. Uh-huh. But he talks to people, right? But mm. he also just pres- prescribes them like a, a methadone mm. that helps with the addiction. Mm. And uh, so I think, but he talks to them too to try to resolve it. Yeah. But he says it's like not as easy as just talking oh, to somebody. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think he does try. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Or he did try when he was doing that, you know. So yeah. he, but the, that was part of the addiction story, just kind of giving yeah, examples yeah. of the how, background of her. And, yeah, yeah, and how these things, how intense they can get. Yeah, yeah. To that level, which is crazy. Yeah, that's just like, yeah, that's just wild, man. <laughs> And which I think I guess it points to the importance of of healing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Right? Like yeah, we can kind of lose faith about hearing a story like that. It's like, yeah. you know, what like what do you do? Yeah, right? Yeah. But it still comes back to, okay, like her mother we can judge her in whatever way, but she has trauma yeah. within herself mm. that led her to to those drugs and that led her to do that to her own daughter. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. And so healing is the only way for us to really sort of, you know, get out of these sort yeah, of cycles. Yeah. Right. And, and clearing those traumas and clearing that, mm. those emotions. Yeah. But. Because you don't know, right? Like yeah. how things are going to get affected. Right. Right. Yeah. Or what, or what state you might end up in. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Because if things get rough for you and, and you slip up one day. Yeah. And you use the support of something very strong like that. Yeah. Right, you don't you don't know what's gonna end up happening. Uh, funny story mm. from my personal yeah. um, collection. Yeah, <laughs> repertoire of experiences. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was uh, going into a coffee shop. Yeah, there's like a guy sitting in the corner, mm-hmm. and he sees me like, "Oh, you're Sikh, mm. right?" And I was like, "Yeah, I'm Sikh." Yeah. He's like talking to me about it. Yeah, and the guy, let me just paint a picture. He has like 
piercings everywhere mm. nose lips mm. ears yeah tattoos like everywhere mm. right yeah like all over his body and i could tell like when i saw him like something was off right mm. so i got i got my coffee you know did what i needed to and mm. i kind of just sat next to him and I'm, yeah. like, right, I'm just gonna talk to this guy yeah and he started telling me that yeah he's like in recovery for like uh, drugs right uh-huh. and uh i kind of had a dialogue with him right mm-hmm. i was like you know have you ever like ha- asked yourself like why am i addicted mm. like what did you get go through right mm. and he he got defensive mm. he was like you're like you're going past your boundaries. Like mm. you shouldn't talk about that stuff. Mm. Mm. And I was like, shit, my bad. Yeah. Right. But yeah. I told him, I tried to explain like, yeah. like your freedom yeah. lies in going deep into these questions, mm. like exploring yourself and these questions. Mm. And then I saw it, I saw it on his face. Yeah. He was scared to death to do that. Really? Of that healing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He was avoiding it yeah. in, my, in the conversation with me. He yeah. was, he did not want to go there. Yeah. He was like, if I dig any deeper, yeah. like I'm going to dig myself a grave. That's mm. what he told me. So what you're saying sounds great, healing. Mm. But, you know, when you're in that position yeah, and you've been through shit, yeah. you don't want to think about that shit. Yeah, you don't think you want to think You want to like... Avoid to, it. You want to avoid it. But yeah. the the irony is the more you avoid it, yeah. the stronger it has its hold on you. The stronger it has you its know? hold on you. And, uh, the bigger it gets. yeah. Yeah, and like, and and that yeah. fear is completely is understandable. Yeah, because there's this sort of feeling of like, hey, these emotions are bothering me so much. If I start to explore them more, what if they actually dig a grave for me? Exactly. Right? What if they completely take over? Yeah, yeah. Right, and it's definitely understandable, right? Because those emotions are not pleasant, and they they want to make you do negative things, so you don't want to go down that road, right? Yeah. Because like the mental scripts that they're feeding you and, and whatnot. Yeah. But it's also this sort of thing that if we are, you know, if we approach it with a certain detachment and even at, at some small level, if we can start to kind of pierce away at that sort of fear that we have from feeling, mm. you'll recognize that it was the fear of it is what really made it strong. Mm. Once you can like sit with it, you're like, hey, this is oh, it's just an emotion, right? It's just like a sensation in my body mm. that doesn't feel good. And yeah, the mental scripts are, you know, like very negative. But if you can just with a certain level of, of watchfulness and awareness mm. and say, okay, there's anxiety in my stomach. And this is the acknowledge, hey, okay, this is just a feeling. Yeah. yeah. Is this a feeling that's happening in my stomach or yeah. this is a feeling here? And that's all it really is. And I can create a whole story around it. Yeah. And and but that will make it stronger yeah. and have a bigger hold on me versus okay, let me just sort of at some small level start to acknowledge it. What is this? Yeah. And do I really need to be scared of it? And right. can I sit with it without it overtaking me? Yeah. yeah. Because once you start learning to sit with those emotions, the fear does start to go away. Yeah. It starts to dissipate because it's like, oh, it's just an emotion. Yeah. And I can, I can, with a certain level of detachment, I can sit with these things and move through them, actually feel them get less and less. Because I think that's another thing is we think it's never going to end. Yeah. Right? Hmm. We think once I start feeling my emotions, it's going to be like this never-ending dark tunnel that just takes me to to yeah. complete negativity. Hmm. But 
what I want to offer the audience is, is it, there's only a finite amount that of emotional memory that you're holding on to. And when you start to sort of chip away at it, it actually starts to dissipate and it gets less and less. This is why someone can feel like their heart is lighter when they cry things out. Mm. If it was never ending, you would never stop crying. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But sometimes you cry and say, like, okay, now I kind of feel lighter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why? Because there's a finite amount that you were feeling at that time that you allowed yourself to feel and move through. Because mm. people could say the same thing about crying. Well, I'm not going to cry. What if I never stop crying? Right. What if that like you know creates this whole level of negativity within me, and I, I'm never able to get out of it? But yeah. That's fear. Yeah. Right. But once you actually allow yourself and to with some level of self control, allow yourself to feel and move through that emotion, you'll acknowledge that it does get less. Mm. And you don't need to necessarily let those, you know, mental scripts take over if you're just kind of just, you know, allowing yourself to feel what's mm. there. Yeah. Because, yeah, like you said, if you don't, the irony is it has a stronger hold on you. Yeah. yeah. And you never really recover. Yeah. You're just coping for the rest of your life. Mm. Right? Can mm. we explore that, what you said? Go ahead. Because I'll tell you from personal experience, yeah. right? I, uh, there are moments where I've, I've been like, damn, I feel like crying right now. Yeah. But I just can't get it out. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it's like, I know you talked about it. Yeah. But maybe a little more on on that. So I think what happens is when we condition ourselves to suppress emotion, hmm. like let's say grief, for example, that conditioning makes it harder for the, uh, for the emotion to kind of come out. Hmm. Right? Because it's like every time you were about to cry, you're like, no, I'm not going to cry. I'm going to hold it in. Mm. So you, it's like you, right? Like that thing starts to get really sort of, um, starts to sink in in terms of your conditioning and your mm. mindset, right? So I feel like the best thing that we can do is, even if you don't start crying right away, so whatever you are feeling when you, that sort of feeling starts to come up, just let yourself feel just whatever little there is to feel. Mm. And today, so you might just be feeling a little bit. But once you sort of let yourself feel it in that moment, you start to open that gate back up again. Mm. And then slowly, slowly, it starts to pour out. Mm. Slowly. That sort of, that rigidness around the heart starts to get weaker by you a lot, by you directing that awareness and attention to that area and allowing yourself to feel whatever it is mm. that's coming up. Yeah. And then you'll notice that it might be harder, but then as you start to just feel whatever it is, that hard wall gets weaker and weaker, and then, you know, it'll start to pour out. And you could obviously use the help of things like meditation or, or healing, different healing practices to kind of open up that heart kind of sort of center. Mm-hmm. Like I've done sort of, you know, like practices with people where it was a practice where they sort of had that heart wall, and you kind of like find ways to like kind of direct more energy to that sort of area so the heart wall gets weaker. And then the, that sort of grief starts to kind of pour out a bit more. Mm. But in terms of if, if you're just within yourself, if you're doing it, it's just whatever there is, allow yourself to feel it. Yeah. And then you can use the help of different, you know, healing modalities to kind of accelerate that sort of process to allow, allow the heart to open back up. Yeah. Right. And then you'll notice as the heart starts to open back up with whatever practice, you know, meditative yoga, you know, many different things that can, you know, allow that sort of energetic flow to increase in that area. And then as that, as the energetic flow increases, you'll, you'll notice, you know, the crying starts to happen. Mm. But also in terms of the other way, 
focus on things that are love centered. Sometimes you'll notice like a person is like sitting at some like, you know, some wonderful, like, you know, heart evoking sort of scenery or sort of, you know, like experiencing something and they start to cry. Mm. So why do you start to cry? Because that sort of energy of that moment and of that experience is feeding energy to your heart center. And then whatever sort of latent emotions that are there are starting to come out. Hmm. So you can do things that are sort of love-centered to yeah. get your heart to start to become a bit more sort of um, soft hmm. and a little bit more vulnerable to, to open up yeah. as the energy flow increases there. Interesting. You know? Yeah. But that's an interesting point where you say yeah. that emotions will come up right? hmm. because I've like felt those negative emotions come up mm. and it, it kind of feels like oh this shouldn't be happening mm. like or i've done something wrong mm. but it seems like you're saying that's not always the case right no 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 it's because if something emotional is coming up within you that just means there's some emotional memory from your sort of past mm. or something that you're holding on to that is just kind of making its way out i see yeah and it could happen in a very positive moment mm. Right? It's just because that gateway is opening. Yeah. Right? Because it's like the in, the opposite is where you're not feeling positive or negative because there's such a strong heart wall. Right? Mm. So when people have very strong heart walls, they might be very logical. Yeah. yeah. And they're not really feeling much. Yeah. They're yeah. not feeling a lot of joy. They're not feeling much sadness either. Yeah. Right? So they're kind of disconnected yeah. from the emotions. Yeah. But once you start connecting back to the emotions, even even if it's like from like a positive experience or positive emotions, that allows a sort of emotional body for your sensitivity to the emotional body to get kind of reactivated, mm. and and then even the sort of built up emotions can find expression again. Yeah, and because that's like if there's a hard wall, nothing's kind of getting out. Right. But if that sort of wall starts to get weaker. Then the things that are built up can kind of you know pour out. Yeah, yeah. He talks about that in the book too, mm. where there's one story where you know, like a girl. Yeah, and she was just being sexually abused mm. by her stepfather Lord, in, yeah. in her own household. Damn, yeah, and he was going over that scenario. Who's saying that? Children can reach a point where they just turn off their emotions. Mm. And they don't feel anything turn because off. what they're going through. Is like terrible. Yeah. Right? So yeah. that was a case where she shut off everything, shut off turn it. off her emotions, and don't feel anything. Because mm. think about it, you're being abused like that by yeah. someone in the family. Yeah. You can't say anything because mm. that affects your security. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah so yeah. you're like, as a kid, you're trying to like balance all these things, and it's just like, it's so 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 traumatic that like, yeah. Your awareness just like either just like disassociates exactly. from your body. Yeah. Sometimes I think like I've heard stories where people like are just like they almost feel like disconnected from their body because right. it was so traumatic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like your body, that's their like is the body's like defense mechanism yeah. to that sort of you know large level of trauma. It's like I have to disconnect from this. I can't yeah. feel this anymore. Yeah. Or like yeah, you emotionally just disconnected. Yeah. You're not feeling any emotions. And here's the thing, right? In that moment of time, that probably worked. Mm. For you to survive further. Yeah, that's right? survival. At the yeah. end of the day, your body's like, I need to survive. Yeah. Right? But see, now when you get older and you're out of that situation, of course it's difficult, right? Yeah. You have to learn to connect, open that wall back up, right? Yeah. The gateway, right? Because yeah. it's like now you, you've you've survived that, Yeah. but 
if you want to live a, a sort of blissful or fulfilling life, you need to kind of uncondition those survival coping mechanisms. Yeah. yeah because yeah. now you're not just in a state of trying to survive. Right. You're trying to live a better life. Yeah. And, and have healthy relationships. Yeah. But those coping mechanisms from that traumatic point in your life are holding you back from mm. that. Yeah. Those walls that are created, that disconnect that's created. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. So it's, it's about creating a, starting to reconnect back with your body. Yeah. So to reconnect back with your emotions. And I think that requires, obviously, some level of honesty. Yeah, honesty. Right? But uh-huh. a lot of us will say, I had a great childhood. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing yeah. was wrong, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you, I think nine times out of ten, if you just dig a little further, this you'll find... We're all dealing with something. Yeah, we're all dealing with something. You know, yeah, and definitely. it could be... It might not be even, like, you might experience something... Like maybe your relationship with your parents was very good, yeah. but maybe with your older siblings, yeah, something there, yeah. or you were getting bullied, you know, in school, yeah, or yeah. your teacher was a certain thing, and you might have trauma from that, yeah, yeah, definitely, right. So it's not just parental either; yeah. it's just emotional memory mm. that's unprocessed, right, 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 and it could be from a variety of events, yeah, yeah, definitely, right. So it could be your teacher, it could yeah. be your parents, your friends, it could be your breakup, and I think it's helpful to understand that like life is multifaceted. Right. Yeah. So it's like I know in my, from my, uh, like you know, personal memories. Right. Yeah. I think I had a great childhood because, like you know, financially we were good, mm. had food on the table. Yeah. But if you look at the many facets of life, mm. that's not enough. Yeah. It's not enough for parents just to provide you for yeah. for a house and food and stuff. Yeah. There's a lot more that goes into life. That's one know? level. Yeah. But if we talk about an like, important level, right? Yeah, extremely important level. But if we're talking about fruitful and healthy and like fulfilling relationships, yeah, it's, you know, it's not, it's not going to do it. Yeah, and the child's going to feel that, of course. Yeah. While the parent might be like, "But I'm doing so much for you." Exactly right. You know? you're so you're so ungrateful. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're so ungrateful, <laughs> right? Like we feed you, we do this, we clothe yeah, yeah, you. Yeah. Why aren't you happy? Yeah, it's because like I want because essentially the response of the child is because I want to feel loved. Right. 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 Yeah, yeah. Even if you, it's so thing. Even if you're not provide, even if we're struggling financially, if you gave me love, I'll probably be better. Better off, yeah, definitely. Yeah. You know, yeah, because there's nothing we desire more. Obviously, food and shelter is important, right? Mm. But I feel like there's nothing we really desire more than love. Yeah, yeah, right. Mm. And so, if that is that one thing that's lacking in that relationship. It's gonna be felt. Yeah. No matter how you rationalize in in your own mind of like, no, but I'm doing so much. Yeah. For the child, right? I'm giving them everything. Hey, they want a present, I give it to them. Is that is that not love? Yeah. But But, see now, from the (laughs) perspective of the parent, yeah. You know, the parent doesn't know any better. Yeah. Because the parent themselves have has never experienced fulfilling love. Yeah. Right. They've never been fulfilled that way, right? Exactly. So they'll never know what it means to give that to a child. Yeah, yeah. They don't even know that's that's like an issue. Yeah. But see now, it's good to know. Yeah. One thing, mm. and this took me a while to realize, yeah. is that even though your parents don't understand love and whatever, whatever, right, yeah. they still tried their best. Yeah, they still right? tried their best. And I think that that's a lot. <laughs> and hey, and you know, if if they tried their best, and you're if you're able to be compassionate with them, maybe at least you can start adding love into that relationship. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Because you can hold resentment and not add love. But that's not going to do anything. Right. But if you are, and obviously, you know, like, obviously you have to, you know, get yourself figured out first, hmm. you know, to the level that you can. 
But even if someone starts to add love into that equation, it's going to help. And it might help them kind of lower their own heart walls and be more vulnerable with you when they're feeling love from you. And start to share and maybe be open to hearing things and and healing from things. Mm. But it's like love is that really, that sort of ultimate sort of mixture into the equation that starts to mend these, you know, hurt or broken relationships. Mm. Because... The lack of it, there's no sort of uniting that's going to happen. Right, right, right. right? There's no sort of like reformation that's going to happen. Because now, okay, yeah, they were angry with their parents for how they were. And now you're angry with your parents and like, what's changing? Yeah. Right? And you want them to change. But it's like, if they don't know and they don't have that, they're not really going to like, it's hard to expect someone to change. And so what's best is not to expect them to change. It's for you to just give love. Right. And if they change with that, amazing. If not, hey, at least you are becoming more loving. Right. right? Yeah. And I think, uh, yeah, that's like a a lesson that I've learned Mm. the hard way too, is Mm. that, you know, you can't really change people. Yeah. People, change only happens through like a true desire. Yeah. Right. You can't instill that true desire. Maybe you can help somebody get there. Yeah. But you're not going to be able to do that work for anybody no you know? no yeah but love helps clear that fog mm. right yeah so you can't force someone to start to think a certain way yeah or start to you know have that desire to change yeah. but you can help lower the smog in their aura and their energy by adding that that love into into the atmosphere yeah yeah so if you really want to help you're sort of like pressure or sort of like, hey, you're not like this. I want you to be like that. That's not really going to help. Yeah. But what is going to help them maybe see some clarity and see some light is love. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because think about it. I read this somewhere mm-hmm. a while ago. I can't remember where. But let's say you want to instill that love for somebody. Yeah. That wanting, that needing for somebody else to be a certain way, that's a negative emotion. Yeah. Or, or not a negative emotion. That's like a, a not not a good thing to do because you're putting an expectation on somebody else for them to be loving. You and know? you're feeling dependent upon them because yeah. you want to feel a certain way. Exactly, right, yeah. So it's really showing <laughs> yeah. that there's something within you that is lacking. Yeah, yeah. You're not internally validated. Yeah. That's why you want them to change. Right, right, yeah. Right? Yeah. You want them to be a different way because you want you want to feel love from them. Yeah, yeah. Because it's making you feel not worthy or... Not validated, and you want their validation, so that's really why you want them to change. But see, now it's like a it's an interesting dynamic, yeah. right? Because naturally, from parents, as kids, we expect that level of love. No, no, for right? sure, right? It's yeah. like a very natural thing. So naturally, as adults, we kind of look to our parents to try to like help them out and fix them as an effort to fix ourselves, right? But yeah, <laughs> definitely because it's like yeah, they're my parents, and you see it. Especially if you see it from other parents and stuff, right? It's mm. Like, if they can be that way, why th- why can't they be that way with me? Yeah, yeah. You know, if they can be this way with my sibling, why can't they do that with me? Right, right? right. So it's like, definitely. But that's just the reality of what you're going through. This mm. is your story. Yeah. In this story, you you know, it's like uh, like Cinderella, Cinderella having like a, you know, not so loving uh, mother-in-law. Hey, mm. that's her story. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And that's what she's meant to go through for whatever lesson. That's that's the catalyst that's going to be for her to yeah. kind of choose her heart and grow in her own way. Mm. So instead of, because jealousy is normal because you're like, why? Mm. Why is it that I'm going through this and someone else isn't? Right. Right. Mm. But hey, 
I feel like it just helps when you just be like, hey, this is my story. Right. Right. And maybe this is what I need at this point in time of my sort of own internal or spiritual development. Yeah. And so let me accept it. Yeah. And let me like be as loving and accepting within this. Yeah. Yeah. Because maybe that is the lesson for you. Right. Maybe for that other person, their lesson is something else yeah, in that right. incarnation. Definitely. Right? Yeah. Maybe like they, you know, that that's not something they're working on yet. Maybe right. in the next lifetime, they might have to go through. Yeah, Who yeah. knows, right? But it's like it doesn't help. Yeah. To be like, why me? Hmm. It's more so like, okay, this is happening for me. Yeah. This is happening for my growth. Yeah. And let me take advantage of this, and and win this sort of, you know, experience my own sort of character arc. Hmm. Of this is my, you know, like yeah. conflict, and I overcame this and reached like my own hero's journey, yeah. sort of thing, you know. Something came to my mind. Yeah. Have you, you remember The Dark Knight, right? The Dark Knight, Batman? Yeah, with the Joker. Yeah. Uh, you remember when like Harvey Dent, mm-hmm. he has like half of his face burned when yeah. Rachel dies? Okay. And it's just one dialogue that came to mind. Hmm. He was like, when Rachel died because he loved her, right? Uh huh. He was like, why did this have to happen to me? Mm. Like, you know, why did she have to die? Yeah. And why am I dealing with this? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And that's the thing that sent him into like the turmoil and obviously mm. his like demise, right? Yeah. Where he couldn't reconcile yeah. that this had happened to him. He was like, why me? Why me? Right? Yeah. Yeah. That movie's crazy, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I, I watched it recently. Yeah. I watched it when I was a kid. Yeah. And I didn't get it. Mm. But I watched it like a few weeks ago. Uh-huh. And bro, that shit is like. Just the emo- it just goes deep, yeah. <laughs> the emotional sort of like, yeah, 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 you know, yeah, things that are going on there, and just the dynamic between between Batman and the Joker mm. is just very interesting. Just to the audience, just <laughs> just like sit down and just watch it, yeah, and you'll just oh god, yeah, <laughs> just wild. <laughs> and I think that's what it is, right? Like that's gonna happen, especially when we go through a traumatic event. Yeah, of like why me? Right, right, right. The way I see it is. Every you know soul is going through a sort of um, de- developmental sort of experience or like incarnation. Right, we're all developing in some way. Hmm. We're all maturing in our own ways, yeah. emotionally, spiritually, mentally, whatever. Right. Hmm. The different things that happen in our life, they're catalysts. Hmm. Right. A catalyst is something that happens in your life that can make you either sort of grow from that or potentially make you fall even more. Hmm. Right, but you need catalysts to one add some conflict and sort of elements to your story that give you an opportunity to grow. Because sometimes many people, if nothing happened in their life, they'd be very content not doing anything. Yeah. Right. Because it's like if you don't feel the sort of like um, the struggle, it's like, oh, I'm fine. Yeah. I don't need to change. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't need to grow. I don't need to ascend. Right. Right. But so. Catalyst is something that evokes people to move, mm. to get up out of their couch yeah, yeah. and actually work on themselves <laughs> or yeah. go experience something or yeah. shift, yeah. right? But the nature of Catalyst, the same way that happened with Harvey Dent, is that if you allow that to sort of color you negatively, mm. right? Because it's a, it could be a traumatic event. It's a catalyst, right? Yeah. You can go down the negative path. Right, right. right. Which is where the path he went down, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Or you take that as... A sort of a deeper opportunity for soul growth, yeah. where maybe he could have learned a big lesson on attachment yeah. Yeah. and and the sort of tr- transitory or illusory nature of this world, yeah. 
like the Batman. Like mm-hmm. Bruce Wayne obviously loved Rachel too. Yeah. But mm-hmm. he didn't take it like he didn't take the dark side. Mm-hmm. You know, he took the the other road mm-hmm. where he didn't fall into the pit. Interesting. You yeah. know? So that's in this opportunity present yeah. in our crossroad uh, crossroad of experience. Yeah. And then that's the test, yeah. right? That's what's like you're meant to kind of go through. It's like, am I going to become negative because mm. of this? Yeah. Where am I going to allow utilize this to grow at a more emotional and spiritual level, right. and harness deeper virtues, and kind of let go of attachments, mm. let go of the things that are holding me from those higher sort of spiritual states. Yeah. But sometimes if we don't have that spiritual lens to look at catalysts and look yeah. at experiences. We just we can step into why me, right? Like other people are experiencing wonderful lives. Why am I experiencing this real right. life? Or you know, you could ask that question with a different tone, like, yeah. "Why me?" Yeah, right. And yeah. go deeper into that, yeah. and you'll get some, maybe you got some answers there, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like why you? Yeah, why <laughs> at this point in time did you have to go through this? Yeah, yeah. and why not someone else? Right, right. Because yeah. maybe it's for you. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like you can have that mindset that the world is against you. Mm. Or you can have the mindset, no, everything's happening for me, or right. it's, it's with you. The world is with you. Life yeah. is with you. Life is supporting you mm. and wants your growth. Mm. But the question is hard to see that in the moment. The question is, do you want your growth? Mm. Right? Yeah. Because, uh, of course, like life, the universe, God yeah. wants to see you grow. Yeah. But if you don't want to see yourself grow, yeah. God's like, I'm out of here. <laughs> it's your free will at the end yeah. of the day, right? Yeah. Of like, you get to choose what road you want to take. Yeah. yeah. And you might not be willing to take that road of development exactly. or, or feeling okay. or facing or healing, yeah. right? And that's okay. Yeah. And because see, we have that free will. Mate, he talks about this in his book. Yeah. Where if you want to heal from your illness, the question you have to ask is, are you willing to let go of what's causing you to be ill? Yeah. If you're not willing to let go of that, you'll never get better. You know, <laughs> you have to let go because you holding on is what is causing the pain. Exactly. <laughs> you holding on to that resentment, yeah. that guilt, yeah. that fear, that grief. Mm. You holding on. So, you know, so that shows the level of accountability we have to take. Yeah, yeah definitely. Because it's 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 your own attachment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. It's your own willingness to continue to think like that or accept that. Yeah. That is causing this sort of pains. But if you let go, if you forgive, mm. right? If you forgive yourself, if you, if, you, if you forgive the other, if you allow yourself to be like, hey, it's okay and accept, then you will be free from that suffering. Mm. Yeah. But now if you're like, no, I don't want to forgive. Yeah. You know, this person hurt me like this. Like, yeah. I don't, or no, I'm like this. I can't forgive myself. Yeah. Or I, I can't accept that this is happening with yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. That's your choice. That's your free will. You can continue living like that, but that's not going to, you're going to continue holding on to the very poison that's hurting you. Yeah. Well, if we go back to the spirituality side of things, right? Every person has an ego. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Obviously, like, not obviously, but we're like a soul. Yeah. Having an experience in this body. Yeah. And like one part of this mind-body thing Mm. is the ego, right? Mm. Which is in the mind. Yeah. And the ego wants these things mm. it wants to not forgive so i not can hold forgive. on to something yeah because that feeds the ego mm. right feeds its survival it feeds its survival there you go yeah. see and it's, it, it's just it's, a broken kid yeah, 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 yeah <laughs> no yeah, i'm just kidding yeah. um or it's power over the mind right, right? it right. feeds that and yeah. the ego wants to maintain that yeah, yeah, yeah right? it doesn't want to 
give up that sort of control. Yeah, yeah. Right? So the ego voice is going to want to be like, no, like they don't deserve forgiveness. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't want to forgive. Right? And it's funny. You can notice these things playing out in your mind. Hmm. You know, where... Those voices. Those voices. There yeah, you go. Yeah. yeah. And you like, for example, you'll have like, you'll have like a thought or an idea or that'll, that seems very pure. Mm. and it comes down yeah. in its pure form yeah and then you'll see all these different forces like latching onto that mm. thought and like corrupting it you yeah know? that's like how i visualize it playing out in my mind yeah you know and once you start becoming aware you can start to discern okay yeah this is an ego voice yeah this is this voice yeah and start yeah. to see art yeah, what's yeah. going on here? You know, <laughs> which is what the like the watchfulness or the mindfulness or the meditation helps with is yeah. kind of putting yourself in a de- detached state so you can like watch these voices. Mm. Okay, why is this voice continuously t- talking like this? Yeah, <laughs> and what is this other voice that's there that's yeah. like not talking like that? Yeah, 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 right. Because that's what it is. Both voices are there. Yeah, so that's which is another amazing thing that, that the, the creator has put. Is that you're never really alone yeah. because that voice of conscious and positivity is always with you. Mm. The voice of the heart, the voice of the of the soul is always with you. Mm. But if you keep choosing the the voice of the ego, that's your free will. Yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. But like, which is like God never really leaves you alone because that voice is always with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. always re- ready to forgive you and bring you back to the mm. to the light. Damn, that's deep. That is deep. <laughs> that is deep. Never really thought about it like that yeah. until this moment, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. but that's deep because it's like you need. To, if you really want to shift, you have to start listening to that other voice that yeah, you've been suppressing definitely. or not listening to, or yeah. that's been getting weaker. The more yeah. you kept denying it. You know, one thing I've been contemplating recently. Yeah, it's been like hitting me like an epiphany. Right? Is that like like we're we're kind of like. Like you're, I'm sitting in front of you. Mm-hmm. I seem like one person. Yeah. But in reality, I'm like a lot of different people in one body. Mm. Like I'm just a combination of my experiences, mm. and are, those experiences are just like different voices. Mm. You know. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So, like, uh, I've been reading this other book mm-hmm. by Rick Rubin. Yeah. It's called The Creative Act. Okay. Or I read it. Yeah. I'll like refer back to it sometimes. Yeah. It's like the Bible for me. Uh, or really? like the Guru Granth Sahib where they yeah. do Hukam Nama. Yeah. I'll just grab it. Yeah. I'll just open up to a random page and see what it says. And yeah, for the message of the day. Yeah. 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 Um, but anyways, in the book, he talks about the prism of the self. Mm. Where, you know, you see like a, a prism like the Pink Floyd album. The white where it's light. like the, light, the white light goes in and it like polarizes into the rainbow. The rainbow, yeah. What that's saying is that the white light is... It's made of the seven colors of the rainbow. It has all that. It has it. all of it, right? Yeah. But what happens is the body and the mind, they're like a prism. Mm. So, yeah, we're a soul, but we're put through a prism and we have all these different... Experiences and thoughts. Yeah, and these different, different selves, essentially. Mm. Right? Different colors coloring Different colors, right? Yeah. 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 Um, so he's talking more from a creativity perspective gotcha. of like making a project... Yeah. And you have all these different voices in your head who want the project to be a certain way. Yeah. But I think we're talking more about the spiritual where we have these different voices influencing our lives and stuff. You Pulling know? you in different directions. Exactly, right. Yeah. There's the voice of your parents, there's the voice of media. 
There's there the voice go. of your yeah. sort of idols and yeah, who you look yeah. up to. Yeah. There's the voice of that internal ego, yeah. the voice of that voice of that internal guru. Yeah. Right? And, and so, like uh, another one is like there's like voices of people in your life who embody certain characteristics, mm, right? Like yeah. if you have a friend who's very adventurous, yeah. For me, that friend is like a voice in my head who's like, man, go on that adventure. Like, yeah, go do that yeah. shit, you know? He embodies that adventurous spirit. Exactly, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. within <laughs> you as well. So it's like it's yeah. calling or touching that adventurous voice within you exactly. to awaken. Yeah, yeah in definitely. A way, right? yeah. Yeah, so I'll be like, you know, listen to that inner friend. Yeah. Or I'll be like, I'm not paying attention to that inner voice enough, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, balance it out. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just an. It, I don't know how we got here, but <laughs> it's just an interesting like dynamic where yeah we're not really one person. We're yeah. so many people in one. You know, I think the way I like to see thoughts is like um, thoughts are like different portals into mm. different realities, mm. right? Yeah. So it's like, what portal do you want to enter? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because there's potentiality in every thought to lead you into a certain reality. That's true. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And. I think what helps to know is that there's all sort of potentialities within your own mind right now in this moment. Mm. But it's just it's up to you on what you choose, end up choosing. Yeah, yeah. Right? And if you choose that voice of the heart, the voice of that conscious and that of reason, it can lead you to a wonderful reality. That is true. Yeah. But if you enter that portal of the ego yeah. and you continue to listen to that voice, this is the reality of creation that you are going to suffer. Yeah. Right, it's funny, like uh, it's just and and it's like people somehow you don't want to hear that, yeah. right? But it's like that's just the reality, yeah, 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 of creation. It's just that this polarities exist, yeah, and it's up to you and what you choose, mm. right? Yeah, you know that common saying that they have that like your internal reality affect influences your external reality, right? Yeah, like the way you see the world. Yeah, you'll see like people who like grown up in like grief mm. who've experienced tough times yeah from like an early age yeah to them the world is a very fearful place mm. right it's like terrifying mm. they don't want to travel anywhere right they're just like i'm scared i don't want to run into any situation yeah 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 but you take somebody else who's very free-spirited the world's like a great place yeah you're like enjoying it you're having all these experiences yeah. right and it's just to me, it's just weird how that works. You know, how the world can be different. I think that's yeah. what it is, right? It, it's that your thinking colors your reality. Yeah. yeah, yeah right? Sure. What you continue to think. And then obviously, your experiences have a strong effect on that. But whatever you continue to think is going to provide a certain lens to you yeah. on how you look at reality. Yeah. Because a, a person could be at a beach worried about like a breakup that just happened and not taking in the water, yeah. the, the, the the sun, right? Mm-hmm. The, just the breeze of that moment, of that wonderful, you know, um, creation of nature. Mm. But there's someone that's free from that, that has a different lens, that's like, oh, it's on a vacation, and now is having a whole different experience of that same place. Yeah, yeah. So what does it mean? That means your own thinking is coloring your experience mm. of the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Right? So if you change the, the, the lens that you're applying to reality, your experience of reality will change. Yeah. So lens is such an important thing. Mm. Right? It's interesting. Yeah. 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 And I feel like to kind of 
summate this. We were good an hour 36 in right now. An hour 36? Yeah. yeah. No way. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> that felt like... That does not... <laughs> that felt that feels like 10 15 minutes get out of here really? <laughs> <laughs> i mean I've, I've been watching the clock so i got you got you yeah, yeah, but, but it flows by hey when you're flowing that's so. like time travel right yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> it's a breeze man and hopefully the audience feels the same when yeah. they get to this point it's yeah. like oh shit i didn't realize <laughs> that's when you know you did a good job yeah but to, i guess to kind of uh, wrap things up is is like to go back to what we're talking about of of just, um, you know, issues and emotional problems and connecting back lens to healing. Mm. As you heal, that lens gets clearer and clearer mm. yeah. and gets more filled with those those positive emotions, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? But it, it is your trapped emotions that are affecting that lens that you have towards reality. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And once those start to clear up, it's like just that lens gets clearer and clearer and yeah. you can put on those, you know, glasses of, of love and acceptance yeah. and just really taking in life and really yeah. enjoying life. Uh, just one thing I'll yeah. add to that is that, you know, Gurbani says, yeah. meaning everybody's path is unique. Mm. And I think there's great value in finding your own path. Mm. Right. Yeah. That doesn't mean you can't take like stuff from different places and like yeah. use it right but the real beauty at least for me has yeah. just been finding my own way mm. and just kind of just working with that yeah and yeah i feel like in everyone's heart right there's different desires and different things that like the core of you wants to explore versus the core of me wants to explore mm. And the more that we listen to that inner voice of mm. the heart of, of, of this of the spirit, yeah, like you will tread on your own unique path. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you will find fulfillment. Definitely. There. Yeah. Yeah. But if you listen to the voices of the of the world, of society, and people projecting their own sort of thinking onto you or their own sort of mentality onto you, or or you listen to the voices of fear within you and, and whatever, guilt and shame, then you're not going to feel the fulfillment and you might live a life that isn't authentic to you. Mm. It might be an imitation of other people or what other people want from you. Yeah. But I think that's what it is. You have this, you know, unique voice within you that's it's serve. It's continuously serving you, but you have to, you have to learn to listen to it. Definitely. Yeah. And as you listen to it, you will find your own fulfillment because it, yeah. is, it is the voice of the heart. Right. And that's where you, you find your f- fulfillment is by listening to your heart. Mm. You know? Yeah, for sure, man. It's beautiful. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, unless some audience or members are crying right now. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> when you speak from the heart, it reaches the heart. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And as the heart well opens, tears start to flow. Oh, <laughs> that's cute. <laughs> it's beautiful. And I hope the audience is enjoying this, you know, deep and wonderful conversation that we've been having. And any final words, Mix? No, I think uh, my final words. Yeah. It's enough. Yeah. Just remember to have some fun too. Yeah, have you know, fun on your life. journey. Have fun. <laughs> you know, you you obviously have a destination. Yeah, but it doesn't mean you can't enjoy the journey and see the sights a little bit. You know, in, in, on your own internal journey. I mean, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Don't go out traveling trying <laughs> to fix your shit. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> Definitely enjoy this wonderful, beautiful journey that you're on, and there's gonna be lessons that come from it. And I think it overall, a sort of having a sort of 
kind of curious and wondrous sort of mindset helps with everything instead mm-hmm. of being very serious oh i need yeah. to heal like life is tough yeah. this is and because uh, that's the lens again that you're applying yeah, so it's like you can have a enjoy it. enjoy yeah. the healing journey enjoy the suffering yeah, enjoy yeah. the beauty and pain yeah and you can really feel love in every moment yeah and, and wonder in every moment you know some more final words okay um, but that, Go ahead. <laughs> that curiosity you mentioned yeah just look at kids so it's a great way thing. to tap into your inner child just inner be child. curious about things yeah because kids they're curious like all the time yeah like yeah. Uh, i have a nephew at home right? yeah of course you know and the moment he wakes up yeah he's just he's just at it yeah. the curiosity is there yeah he's yeah, just yeah. like going wherever and whenever yeah. right so definitely tapping into that childlike spirit yeah it helps it helps you know being free-spirited it adds play it adds wonder to your life Mm, yeah i think that's what is one of the biggest things that we can learn from kids is no one is living a life like they're living life (laughs) yeah yeah. right no matter how successful you are no matter what you have going on in your life or whatever how many people know you yeah no one is living life like kids live life Mm, yeah right with their sense of and why is that? Because their hearts are open. Mm, yeah. Their hearts yeah. are flowing. Yeah. And all of that wonder, play, yeah. curiosity, joy is all coming from that those innocent pure hearts. Yeah, definitely. And so the more we open our hearts yeah. and allow that sort of spirit to be alive and we learn to play through yeah. this, you know, experience of life. Mm. And I think that's when all of us, no matter what our sort of financial situation is, we can enjoy life. Yeah, for sure. Because you, it doesn't cost money. Yeah, yeah. it's free to be curious. <laughs> yeah, it costs time and healing sometimes. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. but it's it's there's no real cost of to be wondrous, yeah, to be yeah, joyful, yeah. to have yeah. an open heart, and that brings the most, you know, sense of fulfillment that yeah. like nothing else does. Yeah, so. and you know, over time as adults, we we've, yeah. we've lost that sense of like. In a sense, we do. And wonder we do. and curiosity. Because we know? pick up emotional traumas, yeah, right? True. We pick up all these things that haven't been processed. And the Definitely. heart wall keeps getting stronger. It stronger. gets heavier and heavier, right? It's heavier <laughs> and heavier. So, and beautiful things to end the conversation on. Putting the emphasis on play, hmm. the heart, love, and joy. And uh, well, I hope the audience enjoyed this conversation. Thank you, Bix, once again for of coming on this podcast to give a, a nice, yeah. <laughs> nice, deep, and, and detailed conversation on this crazy experience of life that we're going on yeah. right this roller coaster <laughs> of emotional experiences and hopefully giving people some light and some you know shared experiences to help help people along their own on their own journeys and, and maybe add some love and, and light into their lives right so thank you audience once again and yeah take care god bless bye-bye